Hey folks, Jeremy here, listening to Blamo. A special bonus episode this week. Woo! Big old bonus with Andrea Pacella, the global marketing director of Leica. Leica, the big L. Look, for starters, Leica is a brand that raises eyebrows. From their signature look and style to the, the classic understated design, everyone loves the company or has something to say about the company with the red dot. And I will admit, I believe that they were overrated. Honestly, I thought they were totally overrated and some sort of head scratcher. But I started shooting with them and my own journey really made me want to learn more about how this camera company created their own look. Yes, by the way, Google the Leica look. You'll know what I'm talking about. And But they've more or less remained unchanged since they found it. Shooting with the Leica has really made me slow down and be way more careful about my pictures. Just like learning how to compose and... I think ever since I had kids, there's just been this joy of photography and, you know, I'll go and look at the photos later and get all excited. It's almost like, you know, like the, the baseball cards that I used to collect, but it's just been an incredible joy and I've really fallen in love with this brand. I chatted with Andre about how he found his way to the brand, why collectors love Leica, pushing back on the snobbiness, the obsession of Leica lens and films, and why he says they're not better than any other brand, just different. How's your day so far? Fine, good. I'm on a sort of holiday, which means that I'm theoretically on holiday, but take uh, time to do my things, prepare for the upcoming season. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm so sorry that we're doing this on your vacation. I'm quite happy instead, because (laughs) uh, it would have been uh, much more problematic in a normal day of work, uh, while today I'm quite relaxed and happy to speak with you. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, you're not you're not dealing with the stress of of just your your normal day to day. No, no. I mean, stress is a big word, but uh, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but there are some you know there are meetings and things to do. While uh, I've taken this week uh, to prepare myself for all the appointments I have in the next uh, weeks and months, which are very tight packed, a lot of travel, nice. a lot of business, a lot of work to do. Have you? What has? Uh, how has stuff been since the launch of the of the M11? Because it it feels like you know historically Leica doesn't they don't make cameras like iPhones. It's not like every year there's a new thing. You know, it, it's, no, it's de- definitely not, definitely not. We are a slow company, yeah, uh, which is uh, somehow one of the best aspects of our <laughs> of, right? of our brand. Yes, because uh, sometimes being slow, you take the time to think about what really matters and what not. And especially when we do cameras, we do camera, new cameras when we really have something meaningful to, to put uh, in that camera for our customers, not just because we want to do Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3, just putting some more uh, pixels and some more uh, mil- thousands of seconds of speed of the, of the autofocus, especially right. in those cameras that don't even have the autofocus. So it's, uh, it's, it's a different way to do things. We, we have uh, somehow we have earned the right to do the things our way. And yeah. it's also the nice thing of our brand and we can afford it. Uh, we have a market that understands that this is a value and not uh, and not an issue. When you invest, even because you invest a lot of money in a, in a Leica, right. knowing yeah. that your camera is it w- will be good for the next, uh, uh, extremely performing for the next uh, 10 years, it's uh, at least, uh, it's even in digital world, it's uh, somehow reassuring of the investment you're doing. Right. So, is that, 
Is it, you said like performing for the next 10 years, is that like the assumption or, or that you guys view your, your product life cycles no, for, for people that buy it? No, what I mean is that um, we have launched the M11 in general, mm-hmm. four and a half years after the M10. Right. Uh, but today, if you still own an M10, you still have a great performing camera. We have customers right. who do not feel the need to step up to the M11 because they are pretty happy with the M10 they have, which right. means uh, which means that uh, it, it's your choice to upgrade to the new model. We still have customers happy with the with the M240 that was launched in uh, 2012, and we have <laughs> we have customers that are happy with with the uh, with the M9 that was launched in 2009 and would never trade it because they get the colors that they like, uh, the 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 kind of image that they like, and you can use your. 20, 30 years lenses on the latest cameras and they perform well. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a different way to approach uh, the, the, the business uh, and the market. It's uh, yeah. not, not better. I, I never say that we are better than anyone, but, but, it, but different. Yes, it's a different way. I like to use my 30 years old lenses still with the M11. And, and I they still fit? shoot. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah. And yeah, maybe, I don't know, wide open. They were gone before the computer start getting capable of computing so perfectly the the radius uh, and uh, and the curves uh, of a lens uh, and the coating was not the one of today but somehow they have some flows that uh, that make the picture that you took with them unique and what i like from my pictures that if they are unique and and it's not true that you can fake everything in photoshop there are some uh, imperfections uh, mm-hmm. coming from the old Leica lenses that are beautiful, and I mean, and those imperfections sometimes make things beautiful. Yeah, I, f- I feel like old lenses have had a, a, a big resurgence lately because, uh, especially with um, oh gosh, I think it's the Matt Reeves Batman movie. Uh, I don't know if you saw the the most recent Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. Um, no, there's like a, there's a grittiness in the film, and it's very dark and rainy, and uh, a lot of the stuff that's done with his director of photography is all old lenses to, to yeah, make things feel kind of that that mood i know it is the same in photography and uh, but uh, for example like i had a system that was called the r system they were uh, uh, single reflex cameras uh, uh, in the 90s 80s 90s uh, and uh, the, the lenses for those cameras are almost impossible to be found today because they have all been bought and converted to cine lenses because they have uh, some incredible qualities that uh, cinematographers like, directors of photography like, and uh, and they have been they had a very long throw for the focusing, which helps uh, for, mm-hmm. for cinema, and they have been all uh, adapted to to cinema lenses. So yes, sometimes uh, uh, perfection is not so is not so nice uh, when you buy people. I don't think that people buy Harley Davidson motorcycles because they want all the latest technology. They simply want uh, an ugly noise coming out of the exhaust, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, really and they like point. the imperfection. They like. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I love music and i still have since 50 years my collection of vinyls and when and, and i listen to vi- I, I also listen to spotify but i also listen to vinyls and yeah. uh, when you put uh, the, the the cartridge the arm on the on the record and you see all those cracking and all those uh, ticking it's it's part of the it's part of the experience it gives you some 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 sense of uh, 
concreteness. And uh, it's not choosing either or. Um, taking mm. picture with an old Leica film camera is good, and and, and taking picture with, with your iPhone is is also good. And listening to Spotify when it's the moment, and taking the time to use your vinyl uh, LP when you have time. It's uh, it depends. It depends from what you want to enjoy. I think that uh, I'm one of those people that enjoys the the journey more than the destination. Oh, hey, yeah, the joys and the journey. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That it's it's funny because you had mentioned the the like the slight imperfections, and I feel like yeah, especially like people that listen to the show and and you know like clothes and watches, where you know people that obsess over Rolex or obsess over you know Speedmasters and things like that, and those technically they're they're accurate, but I'm gonna air quote that word because it's not more accurate than the phone in their hand. You know that that's synced to an atomic clock. Like none of these things are synced. They're all mechanical. They're all slightly imperfect. They they need to be worked on every few years. But there is, uh, I think maybe some of the stuff that like you're speaking to is also like a, a beauty in craftsmanship, right? Because I think like that's the thing, even though an iPhone is made by hand, a lot of it is is made and assembled by hand. Like it's it's calculated, you know, like it's it's there's it, there's a coldness to it versus I think a lot of us yeah. now do crave a bit of warmth of of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's it's depend on what you need and what you need in that moment right uh, okay it's uh if you buy a watch it's it's not because you want to know what time it is today <laughs> you have so many th- <laughs> opportunities to know what time it is you want to you want to buy something that completes you you want to buy something that fits you uh, it, otherwise the, the best choice today purely logical would be the 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 eye watch because it oh, the, tells yeah, you yeah. everything except for yeah. the fact that when you have my age you are not more, anymore able to read it <laughs> because it's too small <laughs> so, and and uh, i've grown up with with uh, with classical watches like mine like yours uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. for my generation the watch was somehow one of those elements that was the the, the right of passage of becoming older so you were oh, getting okay. your watch or your father watch uh, or your family you were able to buy your watch and that was a moment then there is people who collect watches that love watches is is not my my kind of uh, of passion i i prefer to collect cameras and lenses right. and uh, but people love watches and and people love whatever they want uh, and <laughs> i think uh, i think uh, the the nice thing we should if, if we want to give a name that is always too restrictive just mm. try to close everything in one concept but the concept is passion okay you need to feel passion for something how unlucky is a person that has not a passion for something uh, I, I think it might be reading books uh, movies uh, Photography, music, play, and it's not only to, and it can be done in many things. I'm not able to play any instruments, but I deeply love music from from mm-hmm. uh, from Beethoven to Coltrane to to the Beatles to everything else. And I enjoy listening music, even if I'm not able to play. And mm-hmm. I enjoy watching pictures, and I'm mm-hmm. also able to take them. And it's my passion, uh, and that's what my makes my my job uh, interesting and uh, and happy for. Me. That's why I was telling you. I always, I'm very reluctant to use the, the word stress because uh, <laughs> even when I do, even when I work a lot, I work on something that I love, which is photography, which is uh, cameras, which is like uh, so. Uh, stress uh, can happen because there can be moments uh, in your activity that bring to to, to be stressed. But again, 
it's at least I do what I I work on something I understand, which is important because mm-hmm. uh, I have built through my passion with for photography, taking picture and looking at pictures, uh, a good knowledge about that, which makes my job much much easier. I'm actually a classical Leica customer who helps me to know our customers. Yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, what was your situation before Leica? Because you you were a photographer, or I mean, still are, but you know, you had a, a strong background in photography and i mean and what was it you had said that like you the initially you couldn't buy your first leica they they didn't think you were good enough <laughs> yeah i basically arrived to photography because i hated latin when okay. i was at school and i had to study latin one one summer and i had an uncle that was a professor of uh, latin and uh, and italian literature Mm -hmm. and uh, who had the passion for photography and i was going to him to to, theoretically he should have taught me latin but i hated it and we were both passionate and he was passionate with photography and i was passionate with anything that was not latin and so we start he started to to teaching me about photography he had the dark room and printing and and the first time i saw the the picture coming out in the in the developer in the dark room I, I, it was a sting it was a, a kick that that uh, changed my life and uh, and I got interested in photography and I was studying later I was studying economics at the university and it was the the, the 80s and I living in Milan Milan was the center of fashion and uh, they needed photographers to take pictures of uh, models uh, fashion shows whatever and to earn some money I started taking pictures mm. but then I understood that I was more interested in photography like reportage I started discovering the the photography of the greatest uh, uh, photographers uh, from from Elliot Erwin to Cartier-Bresson to Bob Kappa to you name them all the, the and I started to get interested in this kind of photography humanistic photography photo reportage and I noticed that all these people was using this strange little camera with <laughs> Completely different from the, the the Nikon I was using at the time, and uh, and and I got curious. Uh, I mean, it's difficult for people to understand today that there it was not so easy to go on internet, click Wikipedia, <laughs> write Leica, and understand what was it. Yeah. So you had to make your to make your searches, and through these searches, I arrived one day to this store where they were displaying uh, these old, battered Leica M42 with a 35 millimeter lens and uh, I got in and asked interested because I wanted to buy and and the dealer started to make me some questions wow and at the end he said uh, "Mm, I think this is not the right camera for you you're not ready for it And then I got completely <laughs> mad about it. Yeah. And and tried to do everything. So I went back to the dealer with pictures and say showed him my picture and then I told him, I think I can have that camera. And then in the end he accepted to sell me the, the, the camera. But it was a challenge. And I think it was good because uh, I, I it gave me perception of the value of the camera. And the beginning was was disaster. I was not able to take pictures because I was used to a very simple camera, mm-hmm. easy to use. And I had to trade everything I had for that old small camera. Yeah. But in the end, I, it started building something different in, in me. And uh, it started love for taking pictures, not only for photography, for yeah. the process of taking pictures, for the process of viewing. It's it's something unique uh, and, and has not changed. Uh, sometimes people ask me, what, what do I think or as in my role at Leica about uh, smartphones as cameras intended, smartphones yeah. intended as cameras.
cameras. And uh, I mean, as a company, we, we really believe in, in smartphone photography. It's a, it's a completion of the, of the photography. In fact, we are collaborating with, with companies that make smartphones. We, we have started doing our own smartphones. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, but personally, I think that they are two tools that live perfectly together. The difference is not in how you use them. The difference is uh, why you use them. I mean, a smartphone is a camera that you always have with you. It's in Mm -hmm. your pocket. You see something, you react, you take the camera, you take the picture. It's a reactive uh, uh, approach to to Mm -hmm. photography. When you have a camera around your neck or on your shoulder or you're carrying your camera, the fact that you're carrying your camera, at least for me, makes you more conscious. You are not only reacting, you are searching. You are not just reacting to something that happens. You are consciously searching or something meaningful, and I'm not saying nice or or but something meaningful to to portray, to take a picture of. To for you, you are for a story. You're looking for a story to tell. I see it as, to a certain extent like the difference between television and cinema. Television is telling what's happened. Okay. Cinema yeah, yeah. is cinema is uh, um, telling a story. You have to build the story before, right. and then and then you 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 can make a movie. You have to have in your head what the people what one character says to the other what which is the development of the story which is the ending the tipping point the the the, the beginning the tipping point the ending in photography is the same when you go out with a camera and you want more, to do something more than just a snapshot you have to have an idea in your mind and then mm. this idea helps you to find story i i i'm friend with uh, with many great photographers one of these is uh, steve mccurry yeah. i had a lot of time to spend with him because we travel together a lot and i noticed that he he has a few patterns that he follows everywhere he goes and any kind of work photographic work he does he takes picture of people sleeping he Mm. takes takes picture of people reading so and these make his perception his senses higher and he is able to notice something that that maybe i was not noticing and passing by when i was with him but he was noticing because it is if you go out of home and say i'm interested in everyone who is wearing a hat you immediately <laughs> find pictures that otherwise you would have not found and this is like cinema like building a, like building a story and then trying to represent yeah. the story this is the and to do this it's better it's better a camera you can do it also with the, with the, with a smartphone but a camera in your hands something that should not be there with you because it's something more helps you to be more more uh, uh, attentive more conscious of what's happening yeah no i i totally agree i mean and and, and my my sort of journey is I took photo classes in school when I was younger, was frustrated by the, you know, maybe it's because I was younger too. I wanted things just quicker, right? You know, I'm like 17 or something at that time. And I had a camera, but my first camera was actually a digital camera. So there was there was a almost like conflict between the um, the accessibility and the ease of it. And there was not, it, it basically made zero time for me to learn how to focus and compose, right? And then obviously I've had an iPhone for eons since the first one. I've had every stinking iPhone and they are good phones, but it's also, you know, I have two kids. Uh, I'm used to taking them out and just always taking pictures of things. And lately I've, since I've started messing around with the M11, I've looked through the photos I've taken with my iPhone and they don't mean anything, you know, and I don't, I'm not belittling myself or my kids or anything, but like there's, there's nothing like, why, why do I have a picture of this? And I took it because I could. 
And I think that that's something, you know, almost to like talk about the amount of excess just like data that people are using, just like taking meaningless photos. Um, like it doesn't mean anything. And when I got the Leica, I was really upset with it first. I, I really hated it. I was like, this, this is a cool camera. It's just expensive. It's dumb. I don't like it. And then I started to learn how to use it. And I realized that there's way more work in just the composition and building what that is. But when you get it, and when you nail it, I mean, there's a photo I took of my daughter that I don't know how the hell I was able to get it done but like it's a it, it's I framed it like it's it's and I don't say it as like oh I'm a good photographer I I made so many mistakes and I kept trying over and over again and there was a joy and success and like being able to take a good picture and you can you can see everything and it's 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 beautiful and it's in black and white and it's like I was physically moved and it's like I will I would rather have that one photo of my daughter on that day and and get rid of 20,000 other dumb photos I took on my iPhone and so I say this not to belittle all these iPhones, but like when my experience using the Leica has taught me way more about like patience and and the joy of getting like one shot, then let me just take pictures all day and maybe there's something good on it. Sure. But in fact, if you remember, I have not never used the word nice <laughs> or beautiful referring to pictures. I was saying meaningful. Ah, that, yes, yes, yes. Are meaning, that picture is beautiful because it's meaningful to you. And, yeah, and uh, you know, it's. <laughs> I was joking with uh, with a class of people uh, I was doing a presentation and I showed uh, um, a sheet of um, 8 by 10 film or glass mm -hmm. plate uh, and I wrote and I say you see there was a time when you had one shot <laughs> and one shot was good yeah then it came the time of uh, of uh, roll film and you had 12 shots and, and one shot was good <laughs> and then you moved to the to to do to the 36 rolls and you had 36 shots and one was good <laughs> and today you have a, an SD card you can take 30 36 hundred pictures and one is good yeah yeah so the quality it, 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 there is no connection between quantity and and quality uh, when you go out for dinner, you don't want to eat a lot. You want to eat good. I mean, I'm Very Italian. True. We have a real culture of, of food. But when you when you oh, go absolutely. out, you want to eat good. You don't want to eat a lot. And if you go to a restaurant and you really find something you like, one thing, one flavor, one dish that, that really makes you say, wow, this is good. It's, it's an experience. So Leica is this kind of photography. Still today, the M system especially, is that kind of photography that pushes you to 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 shoot less and mm -hmm. to get more challenge when you press the shutter and uh, and you enjoy you enjoy you enjoy more if you are a professional that you need come home with the perfect uh, shot because you are paid for it it's great you buy a mirrorless camera with 10 frames per second auto focus auto everything it's a uh, it's a perfect camera you need to have that shot so maybe you shoot uh, uh, 92 pictures to have the right one because that's your that's your job and that's perfectly understandable. But but my job is not, uh, I don't earn money with photography. So photography is, if, if it's, I could live without. Mm. So it doesn't, I would eat, sleep, pay university to my children, pay the mortgage of the house, everything without photography. Take without everything, without owning a camera or taking a picture. So if I do it, it has to have a meaning. 
because otherwise I could use my time in another way. And the meaning is exactly what you say. When I took that picture that I like, uh, I, I get emotional. I, yeah. I, it's, it's, it moves me. You know how I, I am every every day, every year, every moment, I have to evaluate pictures from photographers. And uh, for me, it's very simple to understand why when a photographer has done a great picture, because I feel envy. I would have wanted to take the pictures. So I, I say, wow, I would like to have taken this picture. Yeah. I would like this picture to be mine. And that's the perfect sense that I have. This is a photographer I love. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. Especially when you'd mentioned Steve McCurry, because he so many of his photos are letting people, you know, have just a, a, a casual view of what everyday life is from something they're totally disconnected from. Yeah. And is uh, he people don't know. And I know because I've traveled with him and I've witnessed him taking pictures. People doesn't know how many hours, how much time he dedicates taking a picture, studying mm. the picture, waiting hours for the right light, waiting hours because the, the, the right elements in the picture come together all of a sudden, studying a lot, the place, the people. Photography is not comes not by accident. You can be a great photographer only if you really are committed to do, to do what you want. Even with those kind of photography that usually seem uh, more spontaneous, like street photography, for example, mm -hmm. I, between the photographers I'm honored to be friends with, there is also Joel Mayrovitz, that has been one of the greatest street photographers uh, of, of all time. And he taught me a lot about it. And he told me, you have to, it's not true that if you just walk around, you take great pictures. If you want to take pictures, stand in a corner on in New York, stand in a corner between two, two streets, an avenue when a street stay there study the place study the elements look at the people look intensively at the people try to build a, a, um, a skill about knowing what's happening what is going mm. to happen that that's why he says the Leica is perfect because the Leica when you use the, the, the M uh, or even the Q the, the ones with the, the, the separate viewfinder you mm -hmm. can keep the camera to your eye but keep the other eye open to check what's happening around right so it's um it's study it's commitment it's dedication nothing comes for 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 free and it's what also what you were saying it's composition composition is so important and what i don't like in many photographers uh young photographers today who also take good pictures that they don't care at all about composition. Composition is important. If you place uh, the elements a little bit left, a bit, a bit right, it's choosing the right focal length. Uh, it changes a lot. And it, for example, a lot of people today say, oh, but you don't need a tripod anymore to do photography because, you know, cameras of today have uh, go up to 100,000 uh, ISO. You can photography in the dark uh, without uh, any problem, which is true. Fact is, you don't use a tripod when you do landscape uh, or architecture to because uh, to, to not to have camera shape. You do it because the tripod helps you to compose, slows mm. you down, helps you to choose a spot, view the, 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 the scene understand if it's right if it's not move the tripod left right back forth it, it slows you down it helps you compose in when i was until when i had the time to do it i i also took pictures with uh, with with large format cameras mm. deerdorf 8 by 10 technica 4 by 5 because it was a great way to learn composition because you see the the on the on the ground glass under the cloth you see the, the the scene left to right and top down so you you see you see a picture that has no connection to reality and this 
this connection from reality helps you to purely compose the forms. And, and, and that's what is interesting. It's composition. And again, today you can do it also with the, with the, the, the display on the back of a camera. Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. compose uh, there like you were doing uh, in the past with uh, medium format and large format cameras. It's, um, it, it's dedication. When you play music, you don't just play randomly. You rehearse, you exercise, you try, you try new sounds, you try new chords. And when you do photography, if you do it for the pleasure of taking pictures and not only for recording the burger or the pizza or the, 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 the that you are eating in that moment taken with the smartphone, but if you want to do something more meaningful, then you have to pay a little attention to it. Yeah. And then it's a joy to do it. Yeah. I will say that the benefit that's helped me with, with the composition stuff is the sensors are so big that I've looked at the pictures I've taken and I've like, oh yeah, if I crop, you know, if I reduce this much, you know, in some cases it's like 30, 40%, right? I'm like cropping. And then I'm like, oh, that's a way better frame. I'm going to try to look for that sort of frame next time. And I think that's one of the things that's been kind of nice is like from messing around with it because the sensor is just so insane. It's so incredible that I, I've really been able to to start to figure out like how how I need to train my eye to view because I have zero again, you know, I took some high school classes like I have zero experience. It's now just been go take as many pictures as you can. But even then coming from an iPhone, taking thousands of pictures, as many pictures as you can for me is like 35, like 40, maybe, you know, so and also they're so big. I'm uploading them to my computer. The, the files are large. I'm spending, you know, way more time in every process of that. But having a sensor so big has really helped me figure out how to compose more versus, you know, if I crop other photos I've taken into oblivion, it's like, well, that's a smudge. You know, there, there's no yeah. there's no resolution left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, cropping, there is people that want to play the purist and say, oh, no, you have to be perfect when you take the picture. That's not true. Cropping in post-production, it's a great, great way to learn yeah. composition. And the more you are able to recrop your pictures in the right way, post-production, the more you do it and then automatically the more you learn and your brain becomes uh, used to, uh, to, to see the same composition in reality. So the more you do it, the more you learn and the more you will be better and the less you will need with cropping uh, later. But there is no, nothing, uh, there is nothing bad uh, in, uh, in, in cropping or post-producing as long as you either try to keep the image as more close to original than it was or mm -hmm. if you, you can also completely alterate uh, the the, the, the reality of the picture but then you have to be aware that you are doing art and not anymore uh, documentation but uh, oh. photography can be documentary or photography can be art you can be, you can alter everything you can change everything with the knowledge that you are making uh, uh, a form of art if you want to do documentation then you should be very careful of uh, what you do with your image even if again I speak about these um, purists, mm -hmm. the integralists of photography that uh, say that oh, you should not alter the pictures uh, can selling or yes, it's true. But photography is never objective, it's subjective. Deciding mm. what you put in your frame, it's already a decision that is subjective and is altering reality. Sometimes photography is about what you avoid to put in the frame and not about what you put in the frame. It's about right. what is not in the frame. And uh, it's your subjective uh, 
uh, is, is your subjective uh, decision. For example, I remember a picture many years ago. A photographer took a picture in Naples about uh, it was full of uh, bags of uh, dirt uh, of uh, trash on the on the um, on the on the shore. And he took the picture and he claimed the picture to be about uh, how dirty was Naples. Uh, mm. In reality, those uh, bags of trash were bags of trash that were taken by volunteers that were cleaning the beaches. <laughs> And he has avoided to show the volunteers picking up the, the, the trash and only mm. shown the, the, the trash bags uh, to, to change the reality of, the, oh, of what was yeah. happening. And he has not done anything in Photoshop. It was not done in Photoshop. It was done on purpose, just deciding what to put in the frame and what to left out from the so every photography is subjective. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Never you, believe you... a photographer that tells you that he is uh, showing truth. <laughs> the truth is purely subjective. Even yeah. in war, if you are on one side and you are shooting picture of the other side shooting at you, you are on one of the two sides. To be, to be objective, you should be in the middle of two sides shooting at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's not uh, it's not the right thing to do. You, we are human beings. We have your, our ideas. We have our feelings. That's why mm, photography. If we do photography, we cannot be objective. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me because you know, and maybe this is just the cultural difference. But you have a a, a wisdom and a patience about how you explain things. There's there's you, you connect a lot of your explanations to philosophy and emotion. Well, where does that come from? <sighs> I don't know. Again, probably hating, hating, hating Latin and preferring philosophy just to <laughs> just that's cool. No, I don't know, but I read a lot. Okay, I, I read books. Uh, I see movies. Uh, I. I like to listen to people speaking. I read mm -hmm. magazines, uh, and and in the end, and, and I'm getting older. I'm 57 now, so which helps because mm -hmm. uh, the the older you get, the more you see that things have uh, patterns and cycles uh, and repeat themselves. Uh, so you're able sometimes just to see these uh, these patterns, mm -hmm. and these cycles, and things happens and then change and then happen again. And it's uh, it's it's simply try to. Maybe be, being a photographer helps because uh, anyway, doing photography is is uh, is an exercise of observation, mm. and observation is not only uh, with your eyes; it's with your ears. It's uh, I I have music that sometimes uh, suggests me that I would like to take a picture. Uh, smells could bring you to take a picture, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and the stories uh, and people you meet, uh, and uh, it's um, that's why sometimes. To judge your pictures, you need to put some time between uh, taking the picture and and, uh, and evaluating your picture. Because sometimes you take a picture and you think it's a great picture because you are still feeling uh, the emotion of the moment in which you took it, the smells, uh, that the perfumes that were there, uh, mm -hmm. that you had just had a beautiful lunch. Uh, or you were listening a great music, uh, and there are a lot of things that that your mind put inside that pictures. Uh, if you, when you see that pictures after some time, maybe you see that it was not a good picture in mm. per se. So it means something to you, but maybe it's not a great picture. On the other side, pictures that might seem uh, not interesting at the first moment uh, um, become immediately interesting uh, after time. I, yeah. I, I cyclic, uh, cyclically scan uh, some of my old negatives oh and and i find very interesting pictures at the time i had uh, overlooked or 
or found not interesting. But now with different knowledge, different memories and, uh, and evolution in my life, I discovered that uh, this picture had something that means a lot to me now. And I'm, mm. I mean, this is very easy with family pictures, but I'm meaning also with travel pictures or pictures in general I have taken. Sometimes I say, oh, look, look what I did uh, 20 years ago. Look what, I, what a picture was. <laughs> <laughs> what picture I took then. And sometimes yeah. you find something interesting and it keeps uh, your passion for photography alive because otherwise it would all, only be running after the late last picture you have taken. So you need to have um, some consistency also in your past as you have uh, sometimes to have the courage of trash uh, the pictures that you really don't, don't they are really not worth because uh, I, I also, like everyone else, when the digital started the first years, I started doing uh, hundreds and thousands yeah. of pictures coming back uh, from holidays with three, four thousand pictures. And then you don't have the time even to review them. Yeah. Then you have to work, uh, the family, the children, and, uh, and, and they stay there. And sooner or later you need, I mean, the, the lockdown was a great moment for me to do that. Yeah. When we, there was the first lockdown in 2020, which in Italy has been particularly tight. Yeah, it was. We could not even use, get out from home. I took the time to uh, to have a look at all the old pictures. Hours and hours to stay at home without doing nothing. And I got back to some pictures and I found some little treasures, but I trashed a lot of <laughs> <laughs> worthless uh, crap <laughs> yeah well earlier you were mentioning uh, uh, like you know music and, and books and stuff like um are there any films or you know uh, movies or anything that that you think shaped a lot of uh, your perspective and philosophy. Oof, this is uh, this is uh, this is maybe too big, and I would not say it because still my one of my favorite uh, movies is the Blues Brothers, so I don't think it relates <laughs> a lot to. <laughs> Okay, so you like to see to... things blown up. Okay. <laughs> a lot of car crashes. All right. <laughs> no, but there is a connection. For example, I I, I love uh, uh, Wes Anderson movies. Oh, yeah. And Wes Anderson movies are a hymn to, also to photography. Mm -hmm. it's, they are composed like every scene is composed like a single picture. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it helps. It helps a lot. To me, to to have a visual, I I enjoy them. I really enjoy them because, like, I would enjoy um, uh, an exhibition of pictures. So it's uh, I I always try to find always try to find something uh, that connects to. I'm automatically brought to to appreciate movies that have a great uh, photography direction. Yeah, but in terms of philosophy, I don't know. Some maybe from time to time, I can I can get something, but um, it's more about. Uh, you know, I'm not looking for it. So sometimes I don't know where things can come from. They simply build into my mind, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, and they and they come out in different moments. So it's, it's not uh, uh, a conscious search for again for philosophy. Honestly, I, I, I was joking before. I've never been a passionate with philosophy itself. Mm. But I think that uh, that uh, I mean, living life. Uh, if you are uh, honest with yourself uh, and you will try to learn from your mistakes and from your experiences, uh, builds uh, uh, philosophy itself. Yeah. So it's uh, well. I mean, the I think the thing that I I notice the most is there is a you know in America like people that are in like the marketing area and or 
that are in like higher levels of uh, of prestige in a company such as yourself tend to tend to lead their decisions based on ego. And it sounds like you're leading a lot of your decisions and answers based on uh, passion and uh, and emotion. And I think that's just the thing that is the most refreshing and exciting for me to hear on our conversation so far is is that you know I mean. I think for for you it's just there's there's just such a piece and um and I think that's that's very unique to someone in your role and in your skill set. It's not like you're a guy with a newspaper who's been retired for 20 years. I mean you're still in an active role and in one of the most incredibly um prestigious and amazing companies in in history, let alone photography. Yeah, but you know it's in my role uh... Uh, first of all, uh, companies, uh, every company is so full of egos that uh, if you just want to get into a battle of egos with your colleagues, uh, uh, sometimes it does not help. Uh, <laughs> uh, second, um, Leica is a particular brand. It's not only a camera. Yeah, it it also represents something in, in history, in culture. It has been something really important uh, especially in the 20th century there are so many there could be so many stories about why like has been so important and i'm here now for a while as a director of global marketing at Leica. so i more than the ego i feel the responsibility mm. so i need to do my part uh, as many very good uh, marketing directors have done before me since 1869 yeah <laughs> to to carry on this company in time in the right way and uh, I, I need to help my colleagues uh, to, to do the right cameras in the right way mm-hmm. and then i my job is simply to explain people not what not what is like mm. and uh, but why? The reason why they could enjoy buying a Leica is not, as I told you at the beginning, is not about being better. Um, it's about uh, want, wanting to do something in a different way. In 1967, uh, Leica North America la- launched the, the Leica M4 that was new at the time, and it was a camera with. There was having not even the light meter. It was just a camera. You could press the button, change the, the, the shutter, and change the, the, the aperture on the camera. That was it. And the, and the campaign, the, the headline of the campaign was the Think Camera. Mm. And he was saying, this is the best camera in the world to serve the most sophisticated instrument existing, the human brain. So your brain, your eyes, your heart sometimes, your your gut, you have to build a, uh, an image. And the camera has to be the most transparent uh, and perfect tool to do it without interfering, without taking your decisions. There, there is another brand that recently has made, uh, the, the, the headline was, I am the intelligent camera. Okay, uh, I think I am intelligent myself. I don't need a camera to be intelligent. I need other things to be intelligent more than me. Mm. I need my car to be intelligent and help me to, to be safe, uh, mm-hmm. to have a uh, uh, faster reactions of what I could do if a crash is coming. I don't need a camera to tell me wh- how to take a picture uh, instead instead of me. So uh, we still are doing this. We are still trying to do cameras being respectful of, of the past and trying to be curious about the future. In my job, there are some things, many things I do not understand. I was discussing with my, with my team uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, they wanted to uh, start explore uh, TikTok because uh, they say there is a lot of people that makes clever tutorials about, especially about film cameras and film like us about how to use film. Uh, uh, I, I am 57 with two 
children in their 20s. And uh, I could have the preconception of looking at TikTok only as a, a stupid uh, uh, social media where people dances in front of the, of the, <laughs> of the camera. Right, right. Uh, what should prevail? My ego or the trust I have in my team and my basically uh, Socratic knowing of not knowing if you want to go back to philosophy yeah this is the most important the wisdom is knowing that you don't know yeah and uh, like socrates was uh, was saying so mm, i have to trust them then they they know what what is our uh, that we have some rules uh, that we need to respect the brand uh, that need that we have some guidelines that mm -hmm. i uh, draw in, in our activity, but within those guidelines, maybe they are right. Maybe we can intercept a younger audience that today might not have the money to buy a Leica, a new Leica, but might become interested in photography like I was when I was 20 and then grow this uh, knowledge and maybe myth about, uh, about Leica. And maybe one day arrive to buy a secondhand uh, film uh, Leica and then a digital one and then in the end, the more people we, we are able to keep passionate and interested in photography, the, the better will be our commercial success in the future. Because if people start becoming interested in other things, no one will buy cameras anymore. And this is what's happening in the, in the industry. And luckily, we are out of this. Yeah. We are growing since years in turnovers, in, in everything. In, we have expanded our own retail network, our galleries worldwide. In, in, a, in a photographic market, it is incredibly fast declining. Yeah. But because we don't sell cameras, we sell experience, we sell passion, we sell something different to you. And uh, if I would not, uh, if I would apply my ego and think that I am the best uh, uh, director of marketing, maybe I would be looking at things that are not the ones that count. And, and I don't need it. Maybe right. it's more ego this <laughs> that you don't need to, well, to unleash your ego to, to have things going the right way. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's interesting because you when you'd mentioned the TikTok stuff and things like that, like, you know, it, something that I see and whether you guys are doing this or not, it, it reminds me of a lot of how watch companies will do their marketing to where in most cases, there's a lot of these watch companies, they're still spending tons of money on marketing and they don't even have the inventory to sell. Even if everyone wanted them that had the money, they don't even have the inventory to sell to them, but they still want to do the marketing because they want to communicate to others how they want to be viewed in the in the vertical that they're in, right? I think regardless of whether or not you know Leica, like the red dot means quality, it means unique, it means reliability, it means, you know, there's all of these things that are associated with it. And that's been from the marketing that you've seen, uh, oh, you know, over the years. So it's it's almost like, you know, and it's, it's funny because I told a friend that I had this Leica on loan and he was like, oh my gosh, like they're, they're, you know, they're crazy, crazy expensive. You know, there's, you know, enjoy because you're never going to be able to afford one. Da, da, da. And then I told another friend and he was like, oh yeah. He's like, I have a bunch of Leicas. And I'm like, oh, like, how did you get it? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I bought a, you know, a used Leica for 250, a used film Leica for $250. And, you know, I've since slowly kind of graduated up more and more. He's got old lenses that he puts on it. And so, I mean, he has, I think he has like an M, he's going to make fun of me now because I'm messing this up. I think he has an M6 seven or an M9? Um, M7 is film and nine is digital, but they are both uh, okay. great cameras. Yeah. And so, so he has that, but like he's been slowly, you know, like upgrading and buying his stuff over a decade. 
And he's like, yeah, I, I've never spent that much and, and I'm able to sell these later. And so, I, you know, it's almost the way I, when people ask me how I'm able to like have watches that are expensive, it's like, well, I started here and I slowly worked my way up and then I sold what I had and I got more, you know, and I versus, yeah, but you know, one this person. Is also, this is when you invest in something that has value. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's very likely that the camera that you are, you're the first Leica that your friend bought at two hundred and fifty dollars then cost twenty five hundred today. Oh yeah, and that's the other twenty five hundred today. And yeah, it's, the prices are growing. You know that we have recently we we have um, also an auction house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have just uh, sold uh, to the latest auction uh, uh, one of the first prototypes of the Leica from nineteen twenty three. It was mm-hmm. it was auctioned for uh, fourteen um, million euro. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. With the starting point, with the starting price of one thousand, one million euro. Yeah, so it was quite. Uh, and uh, but these was the reality is that there were uh, tens of other cameras that were sold for three hundred thousand, two hundred fifty, twenty thousand, eighty thousand, forty thousand. This is, I mean, this is because and people was asking, but why? The why? My my idea is that today Leica is a valuable investment because it has an history. It has. Uh, an history of values growing mm-hmm. in time, but also because it comes from a company that is alive. Mm. If we would, if Leica would have been dead, the old cameras would have less interest because there is not a brand still alive that is doing still things that guarantee what we were discussing at the beginning, the sustainability of the brand and of the products. You buy a camera today uh, from, from, the, from the 70s, from the 80s, from the 90s, and the camera is fully working fully serviceable even from the 60s you you buy lenses from 1935 and you can use them on your latest like i'm 11 yes like we were saying at the beginning with some flaws and uniqueness but still you can use them to have in a unique view this uh, uh, sustainability in time creates uh, value and makes also worthwhile investing uh, in uh, in a product up to the level of the options that uh, that we are seeing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the thing because I mean, I I have now been trying to find some way to afford either a Q2 or an M11 where it's, just, you know, where I'm like, okay, I bet I could sell some of these watches. I could put this into this. Cause like after using it, you know, and, and like a generously like loan me a couple to check out. I'm like this, it's, it's just an experience unlike anything I've ever had. And I have, I have like a Fuji X100, uh, which is a great camera. I have sure. like a, a Sony a6400, you know, obviously nothing that's like of the rangefinder world, uh, but just it's unlike anything I've ever shot and used. And this, it's it's just been in, in a joy to understand and to 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 just mess with. I mean, it's it's totally opened my and eyes. Sony, Fuji, they do great cameras. Oh, absolutely, Nikon, yeah. Canon. If you want to have nice pictures, they are great cameras. If you want to enjoy the process of taking pictures in a different way, and and you try a Leica M11, M10, M10, a secondhand M10 today is a great pick because honestly, 24 million pixels are way a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For what you need. <laughs> And even the the 18 million pixel of the M9 were a lot. And an M10 today is a great choice with a cheap lens, uh, with the, with a secondhand lens of 50 millimeters. You really can can have a, uh, a Leica 
to to have fun with with more or less the same money that uh, a mirrorless uh, camera system camera would, would cost so it's, it's it's a question of choice mm-hmm. it's not a question again it's a question of uh, what you want to enjoy one thing that is difficult for us uh, in in communication is uh, uh, we don't again we don't need to explain what what is a Leica? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's either too simple or too complicated. We need to build uh, the knowledge in the people of why sh- they should en- they could enjoy a Leica. And to do it, it's uh, you need at one point to bring the people in contact with the product, physically in contact with the product. So mm-hmm. we cannot live uh, with uh, online communication and uh, online shopping. We need uh, to create physical moments. That's why we have built uh, our retail. We have uh, over a hundred uh, stores around the world uh, where you can enjoy photography because they have uh, exhibitions, uh, they have spaces, they have the Leica Academy when you can, where you can learn photography and they have the cameras and you can go there, test the camera, do what we call a test drive, uh, uh, go out, take pictures, shoot. I mean, the feeling when you got the camera into your hands, it's a different feeling. Very. A- and you need to en- to feel that, to, to enjoy that uh, and and, uh, and that's the difficult thing. We still are, the difficult part of my job is to be able to create this connection between online and offline, mm. between doing, uh, um, bringing the people to be interested in the brand, go to the website, learn more about the product, but somehow we continue the journey till the moment they go to a Leica store or to a selected dealer to try the camera or or uh, or register for a Leica Academia workshop or for a Leica, uh, what we call Leica Day or like events um, mm-hmm. and the difficult thing is that there is a moment in which this is not anymore measurable so um, we I, I can measure how many people go to the the website how many the mm. reach uh, the click-through rate, uh, the how many right, people right. goes on the website. But at a certain moment from when they are there and when they show up in a store, there's something missing. That's why I think that uh, I strongly believe in uh, in figures when it comes to to marketing. Uh, but still, as someone said, I don't remember who, there are things that count which cannot be counted and yeah. things that which not be counted that count. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that the, 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 the difficulty or the beauty or the challenge of my job is to go and find the creative ways uh, and uh, clever ways to br- build that gap between being seen online, which is basically today the, the, um, the way to be to be seen and uh, creating the interest of the people to complete the journey, to complete the cust- their experience in one of our galleries, in our in a, of our stores, at one of our events, uh, uh, renting a camera, testing a camera, asking a friend to to <laughs> to show him his Leica, and uh, so this is the the challenging and uh, and beautiful part of my job. Yeah, well, it's it's amazing. Uh, now, Andrea, it's been a, a huge Huge pleasure to chat with you. Uh, I've taken up a lot of My your time. Pleasure. I want to make sure you get back to your vacation here. <laughs> it was it was absolutely great to meet you, and uh, I hope to meet you in person soon. So thanks again. I hope. <laughs> All right, see ya. You've been listening to Blamo. We're edited by Amar Lal, our music by Breakmaster Cylinder, and we're produced by Blamo Media. If you like the show, tell a friend, give us some good vibes. You can follow us on social media at Blamo Podcast or myself at the Kirkland. You can also email us at info at blamopod.com. 
And if you want more deep dives like this, join the Blam Fam. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash blammo, where we have tons more exclusive episodes. We get nitty gritty. We got roundtables. We got all sorts of amazing things and our incredible Slack group. All right. Thanks again. See you soon.